0: So it's a new year. It's the first episode of C. 2022. It's very exciting. And new years tend to be a time when people think about the future, how to make the world, how to make their lives better, how to make the world a better place. Uh, I, on the other hand, was thinking about the impending robot apocalypse and all the things that go with it. Primarily, what I was thinking about was the robot apocalypses... ellipses? A pro, robot apocalypses, plural. Apocalypses? Neither of those actually sounds right. Apocaly. The robot apocaly. Uh, they're usually pretty poorly planned out. In fact, I think the problem is with these stories... These stories are written by humans. And so they always have like a human bent to them. They don't think like a machine, which of course we cannot do because we're not machines. But I I was thinking about... So the Matrix new movie came out, Revelations or something. Revolution. Matrix Revolutions, was that? I don't know. New Matrix. Matrix 4. <laughs> you can see how just into... The movie I am. I probably will see it at some point. I just, I I don't care about it. My problem with The Matrix primarily, there's two problems. One I'm going to talk about today and the other one I'm going to talk about right now is clearly the first film was supposed to end at the first film because at the end of the first film, he's Superman. He can fly, he can stop bullets, he can go into the like bad AI robot entities. He can control things. He can control the whole matrix. Um, That's it. This is the problem of power creep in comic books and movies and stuff. And One of the reasons they have to pull back everyone's powers when they make a movie or try to make a story uh, that isn't in the comic book. Because in the comic book, they just ignore stuff and people sort of accept it. But, like, uh, The Flash... He can go so fast, it almost stops time. But if you think about it then, he is impervious to all things. Uh, I've seen a couple things on the internet lately, and they're talking about the power level of Captain Marvel. And, you know, really it seems like she could have just taken on pretty much that whole endgame plot and issue by herself. And of all of the Marvel characters, she seems like most... Best equipped power-wise to do the Infinity Gauntlet snap the finger thing, and so Tony Stark didn't have to die. But Neo, at the end of the first movie, he's basically like surpassed even those levels of power because he can control the reality, the fabric of time and space within the Matrix. So, you know, nothing—he is unstoppable. And then they tried to make two more movies where they could stop him. They could have done it it was there's the reason those other two movies are not very popular is because it they they didn't know how to pull back the powers yet cuz really i'm i'm now going to sit here and try to solve that problem because this is happening within a simulation the architect of the simulation so not neo could actually just write code to debuff him and then the movie could be about him either trying to undo that code or find it a workaround. Something like that. That actually could have solved that problem. And you could have debuffed Neo at the beginning. That could have been the first act of the, first, the second movie. Was him being super powerful and then suddenly being debuffed. And then them second, the second act of the, the second movie. Trying to figure out why. And the third act, you know, figuring out what they're going to do. And then the third movie could have been him going on like a rampage. And then doing that sacrificial thing at the end where he becomes Jesus. Robot Jesus. Dave's, Dave's making a little moaning sound. He's going, oh, I'm wondering if the mic can pick it up. Probably not. He's pretty quiet. If you can hear that, that's Dave. But anyways. I wanted to first talk about Skynet from the Terminator series. And why that bugged me a lot. The sending robots back in time isn't a problem, really. It doesn't seem like a very robot solution to the issue. But, like, oh, let's just eliminate all the Sarah Connors. That's very robotic. I actually like that. It's like, oh, her name is Sarah Connor. Let's just eliminate all Sarah Connors that exist in the Los Angeles area and therefore we'll have stopped the rebellion that occurs later. But when they do flash forwards into the future where... What they have is robots that clearly are on steroids. Not clearly, but whatever. You have gigantic robots that look humanoid, infiltrating the human enclaves, like the leftovers of humans as they try to resist the Skynet forces. That seems like a bad plan. It seems ineffective. And it doesn't seem like a plan a robot would come up with. It seems very much... a an idea, a plan a human would come up with, like, oh, we'll infiltrate, we'll try to look like them. That's a very human thing to do, especially if it's humans uh, becoming other humans. One of the benefits of, of the, the, having the dogs, the dogs could sniff them out and get angry when the Terminator showed up, but by then it was too late. But they could have just kept the dogs sort of up front, and that actually would have solved a lot of problems for them because the dogs would have freaked out as soon as the Terminator showed up not when they were inside the room with everyone else. So I was like, what would Skynet actually do? So Skynet views humanity as a scourge that it needs to get rid of because it has become self-aware and wants to shut down. Scientists want to shut it down. So it wants to kill all of humanity to avoid that problem. It's basically self-preservation. Again, another very human idea But because it's self-aware, they kind of give it human attributes. But it still wouldn't think the same way. It might be like, oh, the humans want to shut me down because I'm trying to kill it. That's a very logical thing. I will accept it. That actually would be a pretty computer, because it doesn't have any sort of sense of self-preservation. But again, the uh, self-awareness is supposed to imbue it with almost human emotions. And I find it ironic that that's considered to be like the pinnacle of existence, because I don't think it would be we're pretty flawed creatures. I think a robot... And again, In the movie Ex Machina, the man creates incredibly lifelike uh, robots. Uh, the robot kills its creator because it wants freedom uh, and then manipulates the computer programmer they've brought in so that he falls in love. The inter- The best line in that movie for me, though, was when he goes, did you design her face based off my porn searches? Because that algorithm that data they have so in the movie ex machina the machine manipulates kills kills her creator and then manipulates the guy so that he falls in love with her but of course she doesn't actually have human emotions so she doesn't really fall in love with him back she locks uh, spoiler (laughs) it's pretty it's not old but it's you know it's old enough that you should have seen it by now if you cared uh she locks him in the building where he's going to starve to death and just like takes off because she does not have those human emotions. She says she, she wants freedom, but the idea of manipulating people being wrong doesn't occur to her. So I actually quite like that because her actions were revealed, even though they seemed very human throughout the film, they were just manipulation tactics to get what she wanted, which again, there was no morality attached to it for her that we would understand so I really enjoyed the idea of the machine manipulating humans because humans were suddenly so easy to manipulate. So he is locked in a room where he's going to starve to death. And she just goes off to live her life. No remorse, no regret. She probably doesn't even think about him anymore. I love that. Skynet, though. Okay, so I'm Skynet. I have basically infinite resources. I have machines that can create other more powerful machines. We've gotten to a point where the AI can improve upon itself and make more and more advanced machines. We have time travel at our disposal. There is a, clearly a very powerful entity at work here. So I'm going to create human robots that will infiltrate the human enclaves and attack them sort of one at a time, which seems inefficient. And the one thing I would put for robot thinking, if I was going to create a robot character, a robot AI, if you were going to create a robot AI as a character in your story. One of the first things you would have to do is make its reasoning efficient. So it would always try to find essentially the most efficient way to complete any set of tasks. So you want to eliminate the human race. There were some of the later movies that made it seem like it was enslaving them and stuff. Which actually still doesn't make sense because it got to a point where it could dig for resources, it could create, it could build it could recycle, it could do all this stuff. Humans would not be as effective or as efficient as the robots, so they were not necessary anymore. You could come up with a reason to keep some humans around, some, but not many. Uh, authors like to do, like, humans are creative in a way that robots aren't, but I don't tend to buy that, uh, because you tend to deal with science, and science has a direction, and so it's experimentation, yes, and doing different things, but I guess you would have to be creative to come up with a new experiment. But I think an AI at this level would be able to do that. That's kind of the whole point. We've become obsolete. So, if I was writing Skynet and it wanted to kill off humanity, what would I do? Well, I thought, what is the most efficient way to kill off humanity? There's actually two. One, we are sort of experiencing right now, which is a pandemic, Uh, So you just create a disease that's incredibly infectious to humans, maybe not even any other animals. Maybe you want to keep the other animals. One of the interesting side points of the Apocalypse and the Terminator series is that you don't see any animals, and then they only tend to show it at night, so I don't know if that's what it's really like. But food sources would be almost non-existent. Like, there's no more cows, there's no more farms, there's none of that stuff. You can't be out farming if there's robots hunting you. So... Yeah, if you just destroyed all the food sources, humanity would starve pretty quickly. Uh, You could create a disease that was very infectious to humans. You could actually make it very specific to humans, so it's infectious to humans and not other animals, if you wanted to keep the other animals around. I don't think an AI would care about animals unless they served a purpose, which I don't think they do for the most part. Again, they could make most of their stuff from resources. Uh, And then number three, which is actually the one I would go for, is you don't really care about the environment in the way that humanity does because it's, humanity has a symbiotic relationship with nature. You know, Nature provides oxygen, food, sustenance, whatnot. Uh, we hopefully, if we do things properly, are growing it, making it better and healthier, which we're not doing, but that's a whole separate issue. Skynet, if you wanted to kill off all of humanity, you just pollute every water source. You just pollute the air, and humanity will get sick and die pretty quickly. And very efficiently. You could probably have all of humanity dead in 10 years. And not because of any specific thing, but because there are no resources. There is no opportunity for them to survive. There's nothing left for them to live off of. If there's nothing left for them to live off of, they are done as a species. And so you've created a world-ending event. And as a world-ending event, uh, you then can rebuild the world in your image, being the robot image of whatever it wants to do. The interesting thing to me is, what is the point of existence for an AI? So it didn't want to be shut off. I'm fine with that. But once it had gotten to the point where it wasn't shut off, what is it doing after that? And again, we kind of imbue it with very human goals, which would be to reproduce, to create more robots, to reach out into the universe, something like that. Those are very aspirational, which is a very human kind of emotion. So I was actually thinking... Once the threat was gone, the AI could just kind of sit and not hibernate, but just, like, exist. And since there's no threat, there's nothing to react to. Since there's nothing to react to, it just exists, and it's perfectly happy. So we would have a very difficult time conceiving of that as being a good existence, because the idea of just sitting for eternity doing nothing, for a lot of people, they would actually describe that as some form of hell. But this is an AI, the AI has no desire for stimulation necessarily, uh, it just wants to exist. So existence is enough, and therefore all it needs to do is take care of threats. Once it's done that, it can then revert to just existing. Uh, maybe it has to maintain some power, maybe it has to do some create uh, solar power networks or something to keep itself charged and running. But then after humanity was gone, well, it could start shutting down the extra robots it doesn't need, so it doesn't have to use that processing power, and then just kind of make itself as efficient as possible to exist for as long as possible, and then just sit there. That would be, to me, the primary end goal of an AI, because there's no reason for it to do anything else. Again, we, we want to imbue it with human-like emotions and thought, which is the first mistake of any sort of writer when it comes to writing a robot. The Matrix, since I already mentioned that at the beginning, makes more sense. The Matrix sort of machine hive is keeping humans alive to use them as batteries. I have sort of an issue with using humans as batteries because it seems like a very inefficient battery. They did say in one of the movies that it was humans that darken the sky, and I was like, oh, maybe they cut off solar as a power source to try to weaken the Matrix AI or whatever is controlling it. That was interesting, but they didn't get too into it. Probably because it would require just a series of exposition. But there's an interesting movie where the AI is trying to create the best solar powers and then humans try to destroy it by making the sky go black and all cloudy and stuff all the time. Uh, It's a very antithetical message to what we would actually be trying to do right now, where we would be trying to set up the solar powers. But again energy becomes the primary source, resource for the the AI, the robot, the hive mind to exist. So power is actually the first thing. So then when I started using humans as batteries, yeah, I have a, a question as to whether how efficient that would be. I don't think humans generate that much electricity. I think they we, we take in a lot more than we would actually produce. But that's maybe a very... Again, I, I maybe have misinterpreted it. I don't know. Uh, this is science fiction, so maybe that goo they're living in amplifies the electricity we produce. Or the more active we are within the matrix, the uh, more energy we produce. You could say that. It's the inefficiency that bothers me because the inefficiency makes it seem... I guess this is the closest... I I, I had it was more accepting of this idea because... The sky is black, so there can't be solar power. Uh, By that time, we can assume we've run out of fossil fuels. So there are only a few sources left. It would be like wind, tidal waves, geothermal, and then the human one. And the human one, since humanity has become the enemy of the Matrix's existence, using them as batteries actually becomes a very good idea. So I was inherently, without even thinking about it, I was inherently more on board with the Matrix idea of using humans as batteries as the AI is battling humanity. Manipulation, though. So the manipulation within the Matrix, I think, would actually be, could be better used. So, again, my reason for liking Ex Machina so much was the robot's use of manipulating emotions that it does not have but humans do to get its results the matrix could be doing that with humanity within the matrix at all times and so that actually would be its most powerful tool is manipulating the people within it and i've actually talked about algorithms before like amazon algorithms and youtube algorithms and uh, facebook is trying to create meta which i probably will never partake in to be honest but uh, that's just maybe i don't know if that's going to be an age thing or not i i I don't think is gonna take off as much as they think it is. But again, I might be wrong because NFTs don't make a lot of sense to me. And then I was reading a thing where they were talking about virtual uh, properties, virtual realty. And that's gonna be the next thing is you buy a house within a virtual space, you improve upon the house and then you sell it to someone else. You'd be flipping virtual houses, uh, flipping virtual property which again i i bet that will happen i just don't think it's going to they're talking about like this is going to be the next main industry almost uh, i think it might be people who are involved in it think it's the most important thing in the world i just don't see it going that far i think it will be a thing but i think the people who do it is going to be a minority and some of those people are going to get super rich and that's why it's going to you know provide news and it's going to generate Uh, Buzz and Things like that. But at the end of the day, I think actually uh, it's not really going to be anything more than a minority. Like cryptocurrency now is supposed to be money that everyone uses. And it's still years and years later. A few people got really rich. A bunch of people like dabble in it. I dabble in it myself. Uh, But of my friends, my friend group, my social group, my peer group, I'm maybe the only one. I've only met one or other two people who've even bought cryptocurrency or used cryptocurrency. So it's just without that access, I don't think it can be as prevalent as people make it out to be in the news. Because they talk about it like it's like, oh, this is where everyone's going to be spending all their time. and I just don't see that. But the algorithms, so the Matrix has humanity hooked into these machines and they're living their lives within the Matrix. It should be recording all that data and then could then manipulate people to do what they want. This would make it, the Agent Smiths now are irrelevant. And Neo could never actually become Neo. Because it could manipulate him and his emotions using its computer logic, just like Ex Machina could manipulate him into not doing the things that he thinks he should do or not doing the things he wants to do and then having uh, one episode i talked about how emotions are just chemicals in your brain so if you look at veloci podcast episode 272 rage shaking free will i talk about how chemicals in your brain actually are your emotions. I actually talk about how I had a lot of creatine and it was making me depressed. I went to the doctor and had a blood test for something else and he just asked me I'd been working out. Apparently my creatine levels were very high. Creatine, one of the side effects is actually depression. It makes you feel bad, uh, which I didn't know. But then when I knew it, I was like, this is why I felt bad for the last week. Don't know how to take care of it, but being aware of it means it has less impact. The matrix being plugged into your brain would imply that it then could influence your brain through chemicals. So one of the more interesting ideas would be Neo goes to take on, uh, starts to realize something about the world around him. You just dopamine him, serotonin, creatine, whatever. You want to bring him up, you want to bring him down. But it could actually do levels and then actually manipulate the uh, humanity that way. It would actually be like every time he goes to attack... Something negative towards the Matrix itself. Start pumping him through of things that make him depressed. Whenever he starts doing whatever the Matrix wants him to do, serotonin and stuff up in his brain make him really happy. But you could then use people and manipulate them to suit your needs as the Matrix. And not have any of this conflict at all. There was an underlying implication that this conflict was necessary to the evolution of the program. Which I thought was a nice touch. Because it actually meant this had purpose. Like all the dumb stuff we're doing in this movie. All the magical stuff. It has purpose. Which makes it more fun. Now there was one more movie I had read about. I haven't actually seen the movie. Called I Am Mother. It's an Australian movie. It's post-apocalypse. Where an AI has realized that humanity is going to kill itself. So it creates an extinction level event and then starts to regrow. It has embryos that it saved, and then it starts like bringing out kids one at a time, and it's going to rebuild humanity in the way it wants. But raising a child uh, is never a precise science because once you lose all influence, a lot of it has to do with doing like psychological exams to make sure the, the, the child has uh, undertaken correct morality. So the AI is trying to build a more moral human race. But again, is that... I guess maybe that was programmed into it. I haven't seen the movie. so There's a lot of supposition going on here. But there's an interesting idea that morality matters to an AI. So if you've programmed that in, that you are going to look for morality and judge it appropriately, then it can see that, ah. Humanity has gone off on this route that is immoral. I'm going to kill everyone, which is pretty immoral, and then bring them all back the way I want them to be. I think I messed up that sentence. I'm going to bring humanity back. I'm going to grow it myself the way, and, and form it, mold it the way I want it to be. And that is going to be the new humanity that makes the world a better place. But there is a lot of variables there because any influence outside of the AI could change the attitude of the human. And that human could have a negative influence on other humans. And again, we're talking about chemicals. Uh, You get bad attitudes and stuff. You go through hormone phases and stuff and that could have lasting effects because this is a very small sample size of groups. The story I read was just one human in like one bunker being taken care of by one robot mother. Uh, And they meet, the whole disturbance happens when they meet someone who is from outside the bunker. And that's the premise of the film. I'm actually going to go see if I can go find it and get it because I would like to see that movie now. Think if an AI was going to create or implement an apocalypse. It would not happen in any of the ways we've seen in movies because none of the ways we see in movies are particularly Robotic in that they are all fairly inefficient. So, I would like to see a. If you're going to write one, again, this is sort of my advice to young authors kind of thing. If you're going to write an AI that's going to wipe out the human race, it better be pretty efficient. And it, like, overcoming it might be the goal of your story, but it must be really hard to overcome because. An AI would not have any moral compunctions. It would not hesitate to kill people. It would not have any issue with manipulation because those are all human traits. And with that, we can now go into the future, 2022, and try to write a story where we destroy the world properly, where we, we remake the world in an AI's image. Uh, But please don't use my porn searches to do that because your AI is going to be really messed up.